The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Yes, and welcome to the Fen State of Origin 2 Special Edition, proudly brought to you by George's Fine Meats. Cherry Brook Horsey with you alongside the great former Blues fullback, Gary, Jimmy, Jack. As I reckon you're up and about after last night. Blues, Blues, Blues. It's great to be a New South Welshman. Didn't we give it to those Queenslanders last night? How good was it? And apologies in advance to our Queensland listeners. This will be very biased towards New South Wales because what a weekend, Jimmy. Uh, they won under-19s men's and women's on, on the Thursday. They won the women's origin on the Friday. What a game that was. And then the big one, Sunday night in Perth. They walloped the Maroons 44-12. to 12. It is good to be a blue. Now, the old cattle dogs out there today. Old Tommy would be very happy with the result. And I must say, the women's was fantastic. I watched that. On the, on the Saturday night, and geez, hasn't the style of women's footy just improved so much over the last couple of years? Under 19s was a great game, and, and the international game as well was on display on the weekend. So it was, a, it was a great game, great weekend to showcase the game. Yeah, I don't mind a little bit of a break from the NRL, get to see the other nations in action, and also the up and comers for their respective states. Jada Taylor for the under 19s, 100 metre try at Leichhardt Oval. Jimmy, I don't think you did that, did you, back in your heyday? No, never, never. About 95 was about as far as I got, oh, <laughs> I think, one day. Um, I just love yeah, that. What a great try that was. She ran yeah. just inside the dead ball line. She, she showed some pace. And that, that's that's a fantastic effort by anyone to run that distance because as, as you get further, your legs get shorter and shorter and they normally peg you down. But with the ball, she got away and, and it was a great try. Okay, we're going to talk uh, at length about State of Origin 2. A big win for the Blues. Keeps the series alive. Nathan Cleary, can we put him up there with Andrew Johns now after his performance? Did Brad Fittler get it right with all these team changes? I think that has to be a resounding yes. Where was the famous Queensland spirit that we always hear about, Jimmy? Because they were nowhere to be seen in that second half. Do we like Perth as an origin venue? How would you, Jimmy Jack, handle Matt Burton spiralling bombs that bring terror to all fullbacks and wingers? And should New South Wales rush Latrell Mitchell back for the decider? Plus, of course, Jimmy's code word of the week and Horsey's hark back. It's all ahead of us. But uh, let's have a look at the big game at Optus Stadium. 60,000 fans, 44-12 to the Blues over the Maroons. New South Wales went into this one fighting for survival. Brad Fittler under enormous pressure. Not only did they win, they thumped them. And they won running away. That could have been anything if the game went another 15, 20 minutes. It was blue murder, dare I say, Jimmy. Yes, it was. It certainly justified Brad Fittler making those changes. I know he was under an enormous amount of pressure during the week, you know, from, from all avenues of the media that maybe he'd done too much, maybe he panicked, but he was right in his justification. And, well, you know, really the, the, the first half, by half time, there wasn't much in the game. Well, it, Queensland may have may have had their time where they were, they were on top of New South Wales in that early stages of the game, but the Blues... You know, they figured out a way to unlock the Queensland defence. And once that opened up in the second half, the floodgates opened and New South Wales completely dominated. Yeah, because they did start a bit scratchy, the Blues. There was passes going over the sideline, handling errors, some poor reads and defence. Stephen Crichton getting burned on the outside by Caelan Ponger. And 
Yeah, the Maroons are up 12-8, and there was a lot of uh, nervousness, I would have thought, around the New South Wales camp. But that sim bidding of Felice Confuci really turned the game on its head. And from that point on, the Blues went on to score 36 unanswered points to win mm. 44-12, one of the biggest wins in origin history. Um, it took a little bit of time for New South Wales to adjust. Queensland's outside backs were really up fast and in their faces. And but once Cleary sorted that out, you saw his over-the-top pass for Daniel Tupou to score. And he just took control from that point on. And some of those tries in the second half, the two to Cleary and the one to Jerome Luai, complete solo tries were just too easy for that level, Jimmy. You just would, you would never have seen that back in the day where you went up against Wally and the Axe and, and Dishhead and all those blokes. You just never yeah. have scored a try that easily. Yeah, oh, look, I think there's two parts to that question. I think the way that the Queenslands were charging in the end of that first half, they put New South Wales under pressure. Uh, and then when New South Wales finally figured out what they were going to do, like it was a great little kick there from Cleary for, for Burton's try, you know, and they realised that they could, the long looping pass over the top for Tupu and, and Tedesco tried to do the same. They figured out the Queenslanders and once they figured them out, it nullified uh, them rushing in and New South Wales, um, and at, at the end there, you, you could see like the, the try scored by uh, Cleary and Luai, two tries by Nathan Cleary up the middle of the ruck. But they were embarrassing for the Queenslanders. Um, they just carved them up. Yeah, Papali was well. He was. I, I didn't see much of him all game. Uh, you know, Lin, Lindsay Collins. He was. He was there before. Before he left with HIA. But the middle of the ruck was terrible. And that's where New South Wales exploited them with those little fellas, little little guys with footwork. And they got them on the edges as well. So it was a it was a great effort by the Blues in the second half to completely dominate over the Queenslanders. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember old Maroons forward Ben Ross. I always enjoyed interviewing him. He's very forthright, but he was made to look like a goose through the week by saying New South Wales don't get the origin spirit. It's all about Queensland. But there was where was that? Where was that yeah. in the second half? They yeah. they went missing and MIA. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. enough, enough of Queensland owning Origin Spirit because New South Wales, they were the team under pressure last night. They're the ones that showed the guts. They're the ones that got themselves together and, and rose to the occasion and they've set up a decider in uh, at Suncorp Stadium on July 13, which I can't wait for. Mate, all the pressure that was on that side, you've got you've got f- yeah, five changes uh, in the team and, and, you know, who knows which way it was going to go. Um, they bonded. They were fantastic, and that that, that first half, they um, they really hung in there. The, the Blues, because I thought the Queenslanders were starting to dominate. Um, but I think the turning point there was the the Kafusi Sinbin just just before half time. Uh, that really and rugby league is a game of momentum shifts, particularly Origin. Um, once New South Wales got that try just before half time, uh, Chavo in the corner. The floodgates opened in that second half because he wasn't on the field. Was obviously uh, Kafusi and New South Wales got on top and ne- and they had their their, their their foot on the throat and never let the Queenslanders back in. There's no doubt that was a massive turning point. Do you think it was warranted? Do you think he should have gone to the Simbin? Absolutely. The Queenslanders knew exactly what they were doing. I think there was I think there was six uh, six against or maybe five six against, and they knew that they had to keep them. <laughs> Them away from the try line, and they were pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope to see what they could get away with, and they and they did. And at the end, Ashley Klein is enough is enough, and whoever was the next defender, he had to go to the sin bin. Yeah, and look, see the way they were just looking at the referee, like who me? 
what, what was I supposed to do? So, well, you can't put us in the sin bin. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, because they were they were in shock because there aren't supposed to be penalties in state of origin. And that was New South Wales's complaint from game one that Queensland weren't being penalised for obvious infringements because of this long-held myth yep. that referees can't give penalties in state of origin. And obviously, Ashley Klein thought, well, you know what, I've got to give a penalty here because it's been six six to goes. Yeah. And Daly Chair Evans tried to say, oh, but they're all different offences. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, re- no. it's repeated infringements. No. Exactly. 100%. They were just taking the mickey out of the referee. They, they'd got away with it. They got away with it. And that's typical Queensland mentality. If they get away with it, they'll do it again. They'll try and pull the wool over your eyes. It's typical, you know, cane toad. That's what they get up to up there. They just push the envelope <laughs> all the time. And I'm so glad that Ashley Klein... Finally, now Freddie did have a meeting with him. Um, he did something about it, which which was for the for the good of the game because you can't allow someone to get away with that sort of repeated infringement and not be penalised. Well, hang on, he gave them a forward pass try. He gave Cavusi a try from a forward pass, so he wasn't Correct. totally against them. Mm. Yeah, but what about the sim- what about the similarities, Jimmy, to twenty nineteen? It's quite amazing. Uh, New South Wales lost the first game to Queensland. They went to Perth uh, after a stack of changes from Fre- uh, Freddie Fitler. You remember in 2019, he dropped Latrell Mitchell, which was huge at the time. Yep. And they came back and they thrashed Queensland in game two, 38-6. They've done the same thing here, 44-12, same margin. And now yep. they go to a decider. The only difference being this decider is in Brisbane rather than Sydney because Tedesco won the game with that last-minute try on that occasion. We'll talk about the decider uh, shortly. Nathan Cleary, want to talk about him because he was the man of the match, no doubt about it. He was brilliant. He, he took that game one loss really hard. He blamed himself for it. He wouldn't hear of anyone else being blamed for that. He, he took it all on himself. He came back with two tries, eight goals from eight attempts, 24 points. That's the second highest haul of all time in state of origin behind Ryan Girdler, who scored 32 and points. And don't forget, Horsey, also two try assists. Yeah, yeah two try assists. As, uh, as well. Yeah, he breaks. was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. When they got, got that, that his first try, then two minutes later he got a second try. He was spot on with his goal kicking, his kicking in general play. Mind you, we did protect him a lot more than what we did in the first game. And I think you know, Blocker Roach made a comment, and Blocker was 100% correct. He said, New South Wales, we didn't run hard, we didn't tackle hard. But last night, we ran harder and we tackled harder. Just the little things make all the difference in those effort areas, and 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 that, that set up the victory for New South Wales. But, but clearly led the way, you know, he really is, I think he's certainly up there with Andrew Johns um, at this stage. He's only, what, 24 years of age. By the time he's finished his career, he's going to be, well, he's going to be right up there with, uh, with the Immortals. He's um, He was fantastic for them. Under pressure, he stood up, and congratulations, Nathan Cleary. Yeah, um, people are comparing it to Andrew Johns' performance in 2005 when he came back. Uh, New South Wales lost the first game on that occasion. Matt Bowen scoring an extra time from that Brett Kamali intercept pass. Uh, Johns comes back in and just dominates Queensland to win the series for New South Wales. Cleary's game was every bit as good as, as John's on that occasion. I mean, to, to score those two solo tries, just to control the game as he did, he was an exceptional performance. And I think you can definitely mention him in, in John's bracket, but it's whether he can do it his whole career like Joey yeah. did. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's right. You know, he's only 24 years of age. But I think he was also helped by the fact that he had so much of his teammates around him. So much of his Penrith yeah. teammates, you know, he, he had Isaiah Yeo, he had Luai, uh, um, he had, you know, obviously Burton wasn't, but he used to be a teammate last two years ago. Uh, Stephen Crichton was there. Um, so he was with familiar guys that he plays with week in and week out. That certainly helped him um, to to adapt. And he that's a sign of a great player, 
when he was questioned and criticised and he absolutely brained them last night. So, you know, that, that stands as an effort. It's a great effort by the young fella at only 24 years of age. And the thing is, he didn't hide from it, Jimmy. He openly said, I didn't play well. He yeah. didn't duck behind media advisors and, you know, put the blame onto other people. He took it all on himself and then come out there and and back it up was just a great performance. And even better news is he wasn't charged for that tackle on Caelan Ponga, which he was placed on a report. So he's good to go for the decider, provided he doesn't mm. get injured playing for the Panthers. Um, but, mm. um, yeah, just he's his best game in a, a Sky Blue jersey. Now, don't get me wrong, I've still got Andrew Johns at the top of the tree. It'll take a it'll take a very good halfback to to beat him as the number one, but clearly he's definitely on his way. Yeah, he's definitely on his way. You know, in fact, he's probably very similar to him. Uh, probably. And what about that tackle he pulled off on on, on Ponga? Oh, he absolutely smashed him. His defence was so good last night, and that's like the cornerstone to. to I think it's right to score tries, but you've got to save them as well. And he did a great ball and all tackle on Kalen Ponga. He, he rocked him right down to his bootlaces. So he didn't get charged for that. How didn't Murray Tawulangi get charged for his tackle on Cameron Murray? Did the bunker not see blood pouring out of Murray's ears? How did he get yeah. that? I don't know. I don't know how they did not see that. Well, they dragged um, him off for a HIA, he, so they must have seen something. Yeah, yeah. he's come off for HIA, so I don't know how they didn't see it. Action wasn't taken at the time. He got away with it. Yeah, strange, strange. Cameron Munster, he didn't fire a shot, really. Picked up a shoulder injury. Blues did a great job of him. Right from the start, clear he charged down. Munster's first attempt at clearing kick. So you saw right in those only minutes, the Blues had a different mindset. They were getting amongst the Queenslanders, getting in their face. Mm. And uh, Munster, yeah, he he was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, well, Munster's performance, you know, you know he, he played so well game one. There was light comparisons to Wally Lewis, which is, which is you know, to carry that around for a couple of weeks. It's not easy to do. And, um, you know, obviously he's not in the same league as Wally Lewis. And, and I think he will realise that now. Um, there was a lot of pressure on him to perform for the for the Queenslanders, and you know he he really didn't strike a blow. Uh, he was charged down there a couple of those kicks. New South Wales were unlucky not to score a try early on. The bounce they got an unlucky bounce. Uh, yes, yeah, so they put him under enormous amount of pressure, and um, he was disappointing that they were all over him like calamine lotion. Yeah, well, at least uh, to his credit, Munster never said he was he was like Wally. He was actually talking that down, as he should, because there's only one king, as we know. What about Freddie's key changes? Let's look at a few of them. Jake Travojevic, what did you make of his game? Uh, Jake Travojevic is a, an unsung hero. Um, he just He's the glue that keeps the team together. He worked really hard in the middle of the ruck. A lot of his stuff goes unnoticed, but he made a lot of tackles there last night uh, for the Blues. Yeah, Jake Travojevic, 124 metres. Uh, 27 tackles, so that's pretty good. But they're telling tackles too. He snaps them. He, he just buries them. It's not like it's not like one of those cradle-type tackles. He actually gets in their old-fashioned style, gets under their ribs and drives them backwards. And, <laughs> yeah, they missed that in game one. What Why was he in there in game one? What, what are they doing? Huh? Well, did you see when he picked up the Queenslander and he had him in, a, in an awkward position and put him down? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... Well, he got put in his head the other week by uh, one of your blokes, Brent Naden. So he knows all about dangerous throws, and he just gave a little apology there. I think he it was too long. Yeah, he was outstanding. He was the starch that New South Wales missed in that first game, and I think uh, Fittler and Brandy might give themselves an uppercut for not picking him in that first game. The series could already be over. Uh, Matt Burton came in in the centres. What did you make of him? Now, I thought Matt Burton was was excellent. Um, I think it was one of a really good debut by him. You know, it's difficult your first game, but he he looked like he belonged there. Uh, his kicking game with those bombs was was fantastic. 
His positional play scored a great try, just on instinct from, from Luai. Uh, he tackled really hard. So, you know, he's only, what, 21, 22 years of age. What, what, a, what a game he had on debut. So, you know, I thought he was always excellent and probably one of the best debuts I've seen from a New South Wales kid for a long time. All these debutants this series have really uh, impressed, haven't they? The Queenslanders in game one. And then Matt Burton, yeah, he scores that try from a Nathan Cleary grubber, which was such a difficult pickup off his ankles. And then he, the deft little pass onto Toto for his try. I mean, that's all in his first half of Origin footy. He just looks like mm. he's been out there for decades. Mm. What a yeah. blue from him. He was dangerous every time he touched the ball. He looks like he belongs. Uh, he'll be there very much long term. Dare I say it, I'd say it's probably as good a debut as I've seen since Michael O'Connor back in 1985. Wow, that's big. That's a, that's a pretty good debut. And that was a great one by Snoz, wasn't it? He scored all 18 points at mm. Lang Park. I, I remember Cameron Munster's debut for Queensland. He was incredible. Um so Burton certainly up in that sort of territory. Appy Coruscant starting at number nine. I think this was a, a Andrew Johns described it as a masterstroke before the game, and I think it, exactly what it was. He just controlled things. He's such a scheming little hooker, and Damian Cook. He, he's better now as an explosive runner, and bringing him on late in the halves when the opposition starts to tire. There's a bit more space for him to do his thing, and I think that worked really well. Yeah, it it did. It was just those subtle nuances with Epicorus, how he'd stand one way and pass the other. Yeah. He directed a play around the ruck. Uh, he was always you know, two or three steps forward, taking on the defence, defensive line, they were committing and he'd offload. Now, he was he was another, again, an out, outstanding positional play that put him in, in the starting team and he took his opportunity and he was fantastic. And you're right there, Cook come off the bench, uh, when the game opened up, uh, you know, he's a he's a beach sprint champion and that speed off the mark, he just uh, created havoc with the Queensland defence once the game started to loosen up. And there's no doubt they can thank the Maroons for that. They've just pinched their idea from game one when they had Ben Hunt and then Harry Grant coming on. There's no doubt they looked at that and said, hey, we should be doing something similar. So they can thank Queensland for that one. We can. Well, Thanks, Queensland. Just on Matty Burton, what about one of those kicks he put up? We all know he's got a massive boot, but this one actually went above the roof line of Optus Stadium. That's that's an enormous kick. The Maroons couldn't handle it. I mean, was there someone in your era who could do similar things with the high ball? Oh, look, I, I can't think off the top of my head. Look, we, in my day, most of the bombers were like end over end, like the Johnny P. Yeah. End over, they, they weren't too many floaters around. Actually, I'll tell you, Andrew Walker, he mm. was one who could boot a ball like no one else could. The St George uh, 5'8", Andrew Walker, Eastern Suburbs player, he, he had a really good boot on him. Um, but the trick to taking those those floating bombs is, look, really, you've just got to watch the ball all the way from the, into your arms. You can't take your eyes off it. You've just got to watch it all the way in. And, and if you leave the ground, the chances are probably... 80% that you're not going to take it. So you've got to have both feet planted on the ground when it's coming towards you because the, as soon as you leave the ground, you put yourself in an unlikely situation to, to take the ball. Because those spiral bombs, they just curl away late. So it must be a nightmare for a fullback to judge yeah. which way the ball's going to curl away because that's what gets them into strife. Yeah. I don't know how they counter that. I, I remember one day we played St George at Cogger and Walker put up a bomb and I had one for about 40 metres out. I turned about uh, 10 yards from my try line and I'm watching it all the way and all of a sudden it, it's in the end goal and I can hear the footsteps behind me and um, it, it just left me at, at the death. So it, it's probably floated, you know, probably 10 metres at the death and I'm running towards my own try line. I thought, what the hell is this? Like, I've never caught one. <laughs> I just caught my fingertips and I, and I kicked it dead. 
Um, yes, yeah, so a very dangerous situation to take those bombs. Uh, you know, he kicks the ball that far, Burton. Like he, they were talking about possibly being an NFL, getting yeah. picked up in the NFL He's, as a punter. It's just uh, phenomenal. Like Aussie rules guys probably can't kick the ball as well as what he can. Isn't that a boring job, NFL punter? I mean, they get yeah, paid millions, but what do, you, what do you do? Just run on, kick the ball and run off? What's That's that? It. You get paid millions <laughs> for it, get, yeah. your, get your paycheck on the way out. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I remember Andrew Walker. I, I, I credit him with with uh, starting the whole spiral bomb phenomenon, and then mm. a- Andrew Johns took it up, and he, he just, didn't he create mayhem. But um, great to see New South Wales enjoying the win. But as Freddie and Teddy said, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good combo, isn't it? Freddie and Teddy. It's like a <laughs> Freddie, like a Teddy show. and Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> as Freddie and Teddy said after the game, it is only one also. The job is not done. You can't eat your cake without mm. the icing. So they need to get the job done yeah. in Brisbane going through. Time for Jimmy's Cobra of the Week. 10% off your next order at George's Fine Meats. Cherry Brook, some great top quality T-bones at Wagyu down there. Yep. Get amongst it. I get amongst it. I can re- recommend the pies there. The Wagyu pies are fantastic. Get George's Fine Meat. They're the code word for this week. Look, great day for the Blues last night. It's Cattle Dog. Cattle Dog. Tommy Rodonigas introduced Cattle Dog back in the 90s. It's a calling for, for New South Wales to lift that bit extra when they're under pressure. Start a blue. Get <laughs> need a bit extra in the side. was Cattle Dog. So that's the code word. Yeah, it didn't always work out the best for New South Wales because he put out a cattle dog call once and that meant Andrew Johns took on James Goddard from Queensland who could actually throw them and he, he put Joey on his backside. Yeah, and, and I know Be- Beaver Menzies wasn't too keen on the call because he, he's <laughs> no. such a lovely bloke, Beaver. He just said, not the cattle dog. Not the dreaded cattle dog. <laughs> oh, not again, not the dreaded cattle dog. Uh, it was funny. So, yeah, that's the code word for this. What, New South, one of New South Wales greatest victories last night really was. So uh, mm. only a sign of respect for Tommy. The cattle dog's the code word. Yeah, he would have loved that. Even though there wasn't any biffo out there, he still would have loved seeing New South Wales run roughshod over the dastardly Marais. Now, I want to pick your brains a bit more on your fullback play. Caelan Ponga, just such a great weapon in attack. But I've just noticed in defence, not just in the Origin 2, but he seems to overchase when the when the ball goes side to side. He seems to overchase, and if you cut back on the inside, he seems to be left wrong-footed and diving despairingly. You saw it twice with Cleary last night. and Is that a, is that a problem for him, or how, how do you correct that? Yeah, it is a problem for him. It's a problem for a lot of fullbacks. You know, their positional play, they just tend to think that it's just all about attack, and, you know, if you can score one, if you can save one, it's just as important as scoring one. So their defence... They don't, I don't think they play enough attention to defence, um, and particularly Caelan Ponga. Uh, everyone gives him raps about his attack and what a great passer he is and footwork, but he needs to work on his defence. You know, he's got to be that one pass inside the ball as, as it's trailing across the back line. You know, you can't be too far ahead or you can't be too far behind. You've got to just that one pass. So if they do get through, you're there to, to, to shut them down. And at the same time, if someone does get clear, You've got to attack them. You can't wait for them to decide what they're going to do. You've got to attack them and put them under pressure. You, you tackle them or they pass to someone else. You know, you've got to make them make a decision. You can't wait for them. So you think he's trying to keep up with the ball as it travels across the back line, whereas he actually should sort of hold back a little bit just in case there's an inside pass or a step back on the inside? Well, uh, it, it's called the inverted C uh, system. So you follow them like an inverted C. So you're on an arc, so you're just going from – from, from next player, next player, next player. And that way, if they do get through, you've got the angle to attack them. 
Because if you're running in a straight line, uh, it just gives them too many options to go inside you or outside you. They can change direction much better. But if you're, you're attacking them on that inverted C, you're putting them under pressure. Because you should be a coach, mate. Tiger's looking for a coach, huh? We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get, we'll get to that in a sec. I should put in for the Tigers, shouldn't yeah. I? They might take yeah, you, I reckon. Yeah. I'll just All be right. the backs coach. Looking ahead, uh, does Freddie stick with the same team for Origin 3? Jack White, and he'll be available. And Latrell Mitchell has said he's targeting Origin 3. You, you've probably got Ryan Pappenhausen back and fit. Uh, does he make changes? I, look, I, 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 I still don't know why Angus Crichton was picked. I mean, seriously. Um, that, that, one, that one sort of got me. I think Talakai still would to be there. He's got a lot, he's a lot to offer. Um, you know, I thought the young Paulo was fantastic, so yeah. he's got he may even be in the starting side. Uh, young, he was young great. Paul, John Junior Paulo, he was outstanding, you know. Um, well, he was, like, he, was like, he was a bit like he was a bit like he was a bit like Nathan Cleary. I think he took the game one loss pretty hard because he knew yeah. he didn't play his best, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if, the, if there are going to be any changes, uh, it would only be in the set, maybe, maybe young Crichton. I, I hope not, I hope he sticks with him. Because I think he's a real talent, and he's going to get even and better and better as as the years go by. Yeah, so I think he's an outstanding prospect. So I really can't see any changes from Freddie. But then again, we talk about loyalty, and sometimes it just goes out the window, doesn't it? Um, uh, with with Freddie, um, so he he may make changes. I hope he doesn't. I think Jack Whiten has to come back in for Crichton because yeah, yeah. Crichton got done badly by Ponga, and Whiten was. Probably New South Wales best in game one. It's not his fault he got COVID. So I'd I'd probably be looking to bring him back in for Crichton, who will get plenty of chances down the track for New South Wales. That's probably the yeah. only change I make. I don't think Latrell will be match ready. He play he's due to play against the Eels for the Rabbitohs this week, but that'll be his first game since round five. That's just yeah. not enough footy under the belt for a decider. Can't do that. No, that'd be unfair. Yeah. Um. Okay. Jack White and he comes in, and dare I say, he's probably a very similar player to, to Burton. You know, they're both Briggs, strong-running players. Burton's got that passing game, which which Whiten doesn't have. And, um, and, and I'd, I'd be prepared to let Crichton give him a little bit of bit of slack because it was his first game. And, you know, he's a very good player for, for Penrith. So I, I just I would let that one slide and just I'd still pick him for the next game. So I can't see any changes. All right, we will wait and see, that's for sure. Now, the last decider was at Suncorp Stadium in 2020. Now, Queensland, on that occasion, they bounced back from a heavy defeat in Game 2. Wayne Bennett, you'll remember, was laughing after they got thrashed in Game 2. And everyone was saying, hang on a sec, did he watch the same game as we did? Because New South Wales just smashed the Maroons. But then he knew what he was doing. He was already preparing the side for Game 3. And what do you know, they went out to Suncorp Stadium and they got the win and got the uh, series over the Blues in 2020. So Fittler, no doubt about it, will be reminding his players of that one. Yeah, it's never over. It's never over. Yeah, origin, history repeats itself that that Queensland get done away from home and they come at Lang Park. They're a different team. It'll always be Lang Park to me. It'll never be be Suncorp Stadium. Um, Move with the times, Jimmy. I know, I know, I know, but it'll it'll still be there. It'll still be Lang Park to me. Is it still uh, uh, still Endeavour Field? Yes, it's still Endeavour Field. Yeah. Wollongong What's wrong Showground. with that? What's wrong with Endeavour? Wollongong Showground. What else we got? Wollongong. Cobra. Cobra. Park. Park. <laughs> <laughs> Park. Um, so I, I think that um, 
it's going to be tough, but they will definitely come back. You can We won last night. We were convincing. Now we're just parking away. We've just got to forget. We've got to have that mentality where if we go in, look, we're playing the second half, we're a man down. It's like what Billy Slater said last night. Look, it's a great opportunity for someone to step up. We're under pressure. Um, yeah, you will never get a better opportunity. That's how New South Wales have got to take it. They're a man down against Queensland at Lang Park with that same mindset. Because if they do have that mindset, they'll, be, they'll, they'll take every opportunity. They'll run hard. They'll tackle hard, which they did, which they didn't do the first game. So I think it's it's really about getting your mind switched on now for game three. I think it is time. It is time to bring out the bus and drive down Caxton Street, past the pub, and just get heckled by Maroons, just to get them in the right frame of mind, like Steve Mortimer did with you blokes back in 84, 85, just to remind you of what's at stake and how these blokes want to kill you and and get you primed for the game. I mean, let's face it, in Sydney, they walk through the crowds to Accor Stadium. They, They absorb all the hype from the Blues fans, all the... Go get them, boys. So let's do the opposite in Queensland. Let's get a bunch of Queensland people. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. You know, yeah. I was there at Caxton, Caxton, the pub at the Caxton Street there a couple of weeks ago. They're ready to go. They've got the cans of beer lined up. They've got their schooners lined up. All those two heads are ready to go. They just want to grumble <laughs> in the jungle. So bring it on, you know. And, and what we should do is is they've got they've got the Mel Meninga statue, the Wally Lewis statue, the Alfie statue. Let's just walk past the statues as well and knock them over. Just knock the statues over. Let's yeah, just get, bring it on. Get a selfie or something. Just yeah. Actually, I, like I, I did get a I did get a selfie with them actually. <laughs> That's tragic. Which one did you but pick? All of let's them? let's just not just go past the Caxton Hotel. Let's walk past the statues and let's. Let's look. Pretend we're holding the trophy up high as we're walking past Wally, you know, and Mal. Yeah, let's just give it on. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, now you did play in one decider back in 1987. What are your memories of that? that was yeah, a big part of yeah, I do. We, we actually we we lost the second one, and then um, I'll say this about in those days it was the third game. First game was at Lang Park. Third game was at Lang Park. And we had uh, the grasshopper was the referee. But the, the New South Wales selectors, in their wisdom, Brett Kenny had played 5'8". They dropped him, or sorry, they moved him to centre in 1987 for the decider. And they brought in Cliffy Lyons as 5'8". Now, what kind of a brain snap was that to move Brett Kenny from 5'8 to centre? Cliffy Lyons makes his debut in the decider at Lang Park as great a player as Cliffy Lyons was. You know, You're not blaming Cliffy for the loss, are you? No, he's no, he's no, he's no. I'm blaming the selectors. I'm blaming the New South Wales selectors. They absolutely messed it up. You know, I think uh, Brett Kenny had 12 games at uh, at 5'8". He won eight. We, we'd just come off the fact we'd won seven out of nine with Brett at 5'8". Seven out of nine, and they changed him and put him back at centre. Absolute brain snap by the New South Wales selectors. I think I told you about that game. That's the game where, where Sturlow fed – well, Sturlow didn't feed – Alfie fed the ball and the domicile penalised Sturlow for an incorrect feed and Sturlow's going, <laughs> but I didn't feed the ball, sir. It was, it was Alfie. And he penalised New South Wales. It was a 6-1 carve up the penalty count in the in the first half. I think we lost it by 10 points to eight was the third game. It was just red hot. And Wally, oh, would, say, Wally would say to the, to the grasshopper, we need a penalty. We need a penalty. And he'd get one. 
God yeah. love the grasshopper. You know, and, and I'm going to bring in Horsey's heart back at this point because the grasshopper was everything that was great about State of Origin. When I think of State of Origin in those early days, I think of the grasshopper yep. as much as I think of as, as Wally Lewis. And the other thing I remembered that I wanted to run past you was, remember the old mascots, the cane toad and the cockroach? There were some, some great scenes, especially at Lang Park with the poor old cockroach getting sprayed. Remember, remember that? And he'd be on the ground, his legs would be kicking. Giant can, they'd spray him with a giant can. <laughs> it, was, it was a battle between the cockroach and the and the cane toad, and that, they'd be chasing us. And then what about the big boom would go off? There was a big cracker that went off. Oh, it's, like, it's like a sonic boom in the background. What was oh, it? There was some explosion at the Forex factory. The insecticide to get off the field. <laughs> you know what I used to love too, and it looked revolutionary at the time, showing how old I am, uh, was the scoreboard. You had this, uh, you know, when there's a try or a goal, you'd have this, Electronic uh, red writing emblazoned across the the, the, yeah. the scoreboard saying try or goal, and you just never had yeah. that in Sydney. All you had in Sydney was like the Leichhardt scoreboard. Nah, no, nah, that's right. Yeah, that that was revolutionary back in 1987. Yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> we're that? going right back. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was uh, it was it was a great for all the all the theatre as well. Um, yeah, there at least like calling Big Daryl. It was just good times. Now. Uh, if New South Wales can repeat that level of performance that they showed in Perth, do you think Queensland have the players to match them in Game 3? Do you think they can come back and win the series, the Maroons? Yeah, I do. I do. It, it always worries me when you play at Lang Park. It always does. Put and I, and I say this to you. They can't be that bad again. And that's... That's happened before. They, they, okay, they've had one game. They're going to go back and lick their wounds. They can't be that bad again. They won't be that bad up the middle of the ruck. They'll make sure that they put pressure on Cleary. They'll make sure that, that, that their marker in the middle of the ruck is, is tight. You know, uh, it won't be how it was. Like, it was like Swiss cheese there last night. That anyone could have driven through there and scored a try. So their attention to detail will be uh, a lot more intense than what it was. Uh, last night, and I do expect them to come back and and possibly, possibly win, but I think New South Wales might just sneak in by two. It's really going to hurt Billy Slater, that result last night, won't it? He, we haven't mm. mentioned him, but he's such a competitor for Queensland. He, They would have killed him watching that second-half mm. surrender, 30-0 on the second half. That is just not Billy Slater. So he'll be he'll be right into them. He, he'll be up all night watching his videos and going over what went wrong, what went right. Well, not well, not much went right, but he, he will leave no stone unturned as he gets them ready for this decider. So yeah. don't rule out Slater as the key. Yeah, yeah. Um, he may even bring back Cameron Smith, what do you reckon, for the, no. for the final final game? <laughs> possibility? I, don't know who he can, I honestly don't know who he can bring in. Ruben Cotter's out. He, they missed him from game one. Uh, mm-hmm. Xavier Coates, I think he's going to be still out. Bring Corey Oates in. I mean, he won't make, he won't make a difference to what happened no. last night. But, nah. yeah, suddenly we're looking at a bit of a dynasty here. If the Blues win, that's four of the last five series. And that mm. 2021 was a real, a real hiccup. It was the end of the year because of COVID. Mm. But four series wins under five from Fiddler. I mean, he's he's up there with mm. super coach Gus. Yeah. With those yeah, guys. Yeah. And, and, and he's done it without Latrell and without Tommy Turbo, you know. So he's, he's unsco- un- un- discovered a couple of stars now, you know, with, with Burton and, and Crichton. Um those, those guys too, who are, as well, plus with the experienced guys there, um, the, these younger guys are coming through. So that's great for New South Wales. And really, you know, Fittler, I didn't think Fittler would be um, as successful as what he has been as a coach and, and good on him for, for what he's done because he certainly put the pride back in the New South Wales jersey 
um, after the Queensland dominance for all those years. And, you know, he surprised me at just how how well he's adapted to uh, to, to the coaching. But well, having said that, I don't think Queensland are as dominant as what they were, you know. No. No, there's not there's not two or three uh, immortals in the in the current Queensland side as there was six or seven years ago. Well, we always knew that, didn't we? We were counting down the years till those blokes got older and retired mm. one by one. Slater, Cronk, Smith, yeah. Inglis, all those blokes. We knew yeah. Thurston. Yeah. But we knew that uh, once they were gone, we'd have a fair crack at it, and that's what's happening now. Hey, I love Hopter Stadium. What a great venue that is, especially as a Blues fan. That's two big wins over there. I think they should go back there every. Well, every series, every time we lose a game, get back over there. Seems to uh, work. The seems to does the trick. So, yeah, yeah it's it's a great venue. It's, it's a great. Bit, I mean, fans are a little bit away from the action, I guess, but yeah, it does look good. Full. And what did what did you think of the game last night with, with the with the goalposts? They were illuminated before the before the kickoff. That's, that's, your, mate Benny, that was, that's your mate Benny Elias. That's his. Well, mate Benny Elias has put that forward. What do you think about that? I think it's great. I think it's just like the the stumps, the zinger bales in cricket. It just adds a little bit extra, and it's great for the kids. A bit of excitement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I could live without it, but I think as an overall thing, we're trying to attract new people to the game. I think uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I thought they could have left them on when the game was on, or maybe turn the lights off and play in the dark. Yeah, yeah. well, mate, give Benny a call. He's your mate. <laughs> have a chat to him. What an ideas man he is, Benny. Did you know he was going to be such an entrepreneur when you played with him? It'd be someone else's idea. It wouldn't be his idea. It'd be someone <laughs> else's idea. He's just the front man. He's just the front man. But it was, look, it was a great. It did add to the spectacle before the game, and it looked very, you know, it looked very, very American. So I thought it was. Oh, it was a great idea. It made, it'll probably take off in the NRL. I believe he's spoken to Peter Volandis about it, so it'll probably happen next year in the game. All right, now I hate to uh, bring you down a peg or two to finish, but yeah, West Tigers uh, through the week rejected, rejected by Cameron Serrano. They threw everything at him—a five-year contract. They gave him a tour of the facilities. They talked the place up, and then he's come out and said, "You know what? I'm not going to take the job." It's a massive, massive slap in the face for the Tigers. They openly said they were chasing him. They, there was none of the old, "Oh, we're not discussing negotiations." They actually came out and said. Yes, we want Cameron. We want him. We've offered him a five-year deal. So it's almost like saying, I'm going to ask this girl out to the movies, and she's reject- she rejects you. It's just mm. it's, it's a slap in the face. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing because what does it say for the next one that comes along that they give the job to? He, he's second choice. You know, he wasn't their first choice. He's second choice. So it, it just goes, it's just a calamity there at the Tigers, really, with the administration. Like, you don't get rid of your coach until you, you've got your – Unless you know who your replacement's going to be, and it's backfired on the Tigers, and it's it's very disappointing. Uh, it's very disappointing what's happened, and you know, I, 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 they should never have let him go in the first place until they had a replacement. But yeah, the powers would be uh, they don't listen to me. Uh, they made the decision, so it just it's just embarrassing for for the club. Well, it's bad and for the brand. All the Tigers fans. Yeah, it's bad for the brand because it looks like a, a brand no one wants to be a part of. This is a guy who's never coached. Apart from filling in, he's never coached NRL, and he's saying, "You know what? I'm, I'm not going to take it." I mean, it's such, but but also, Adam, like, they must have more money than sense because they offered him a five year deal. It was a, yeah. not a three year deal. He's never coached NRL before. It's a five year, so they've given the full keys to everything for the next five years, and he said no. Like, like we we have sacked our last what three coaches or four coaches in the last yeah, seven years. And why would you offer? Why would you offer someone a 
five-year deal if they've never coached in a before. I just can't believe that. It looks, it looks desperate. Certainly not a five-year deal. It looks desperate. That's what it looks like. It looks desperate. Yeah. Maybe maybe Serraldo picked up on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. does there come a point where it can backfire against Serraldo if he keeps knocking back jobs? Do clubs start going, well, maybe he's not serious about it or, or you know, hmm. could it work against him? Pardon me? Could it work against him long term? Yeah, uh, I excuse me. I don't. I don't think so. I think there will be opportunities for him, and he very well. You know, he's under Ivan Cleary at the moment. A great system there. You know, I think he's he's pretty well paid there as the as the and as the reserve grade coach, and also like obviously assistant first grade coach um, with Nathan Cleary. Oh, I'm sorry, Ivan Cleary's got um, that uh, that leg injury. Yeah, we, we don't know how bad that is. Yeah. There may be opportunities for him, him next year if, if the leg doesn't recover. So watch, watch his space. He may stay there at the Panthers and theory may be worse than what we think. You're spot on there. I, I had that same thought. Maybe there's been conversations there. Look, Cleary's won a competition. He's got to coach his son. He's done everything he wanted to do. And if he's mm. got health issues, he might have said to Cameron, listen, I don't know how mm. long I'm going to stick around. You might want to stay here and, and just take over. And who wouldn't yeah. want to stay there? It's a, it's a machine yeah. out there. Why would yeah, you walk that, away from that? So maybe there's, those conversations have been happening. I don't know. That's right. And, and you also have looks at other players who were there before when I moved on to coaching. Trent Barrett was there. He was the assistant coach there. You know, and Trent Barrett got the opportunity. He was the next, you know, yeah. going to be successful coach was Trent Barrett. Uh, he went to Canterbury and, you know, within two years, he's been showing the door. Um, yeah. And he was through through the Penrith system as well. So went from Manly to, to, to out there, out the Penrith. Um, he he's not uh, he's not on on the radar at the moment. So I think you've got to be very selective what team you go to, and for for a marquee coach to go to the Tigers, yeah, with uncertainty um, on and off the field, um, you know they haven't attracted too many players. You know it's 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 a very you've got to be very careful in that decision. Yeah, my only message to the Tigers going forward is. <laughs> don't announce who your next target is. Just yeah, lay yeah. low and just see what happens from there. Yeah, okay. off goes uh, your that... head, non goes a pumpkin. That's what I'm saying. That. <laughs> Me That's and my it. used to say that. That's it uh, for the fend uh, <laughs> on that note, Jimmy. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies to get on board the fend. You're all friends of the fend, including this man, Jimmy. Great work again. Go New South Wales. What a great day to be a blue. Fantastic. Go the Blues. Up, up, Queensland. Yes, right up, Queensland. Yeah, they're not done with yet. Uh, stick with us, Queensland fans, because there is a big game to go. We'll be back next week for more league chat right here on The Fend. All the best. 